0: To grow your faith. But we're going to begin with our communion message. As you can see here, a big question that a lot of people have. What's my net worth? Anybody know what net worth is? The the phrase, what is your net worth? We have a, a banker here. What's net worth? Lindsay? Total assets minus total liabilities. Let's hope that that number isn't negative. In our culture today, that could be a very negative number. You got your assets and then you got your credit cards and your mortgage. Very likely it could be negative. You know, and say, I'm worth nothing. In fact, I'm worth negative numbers. I'm below zero. I'm not even zero. And thank goodness that we don't live based on those value systems. But it's no fun to be in debt. And we're going to work on that in April and May, uh, what the Bible talks about. But your net worth. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture. If you could open your Bible with me. Hope you brought your Bible today. And if you're uh, visiting here with us today, we, we believe in the Bible. We believe it's the guide to life. Uh, it, we believe that it teaches us better how to live than Oprah, than Dr. Phil, than... All these other people that claim to know and have answers about life. Let me tell you, before they're around and a lot longer after they're gone, the word of God will be standing strong. Okay, and that's our conviction. And it's not just, you know, a creed that we have. We've seen it work. We believe it's changing our lives and it's changing the lives of the people that we know. So Ephesians chapter one, I mean, chapter two here, it's up on the screen. Not the scripture, but the, the actual location. Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading here in verse 1 of chapter 2. Are you there yet? And if you're, uh, if you're visiting here with us and you don't have a Bible, just look on with somebody next to you. They'd be glad to share their Bible with you. Verse 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. And following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show His incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to encourage you today. God has good works for you prepared in advance. He's got a plan for you in your life. And we believe very much in this. He wants to use your life. We talked about that last week. And we'll talk about it for many weeks. The Bible repeats it over and over again. He wants to use your life. But it is a personal decision that we have to make and allow it. Now, talking about value systems. Who were we before we were in Christ? What were we? What was our value? The Bible says here that we were dead. You know, when you go to a funeral, it's pretty intense. You're talking about someone who is not alive anymore. They're not here. They're not among us. They're not living. They cease to exist. You see, when we are not right with God, this is His viewpoint of us. That we're not even alive. There's no relationship. That's what the Scriptures are teaching. That's why it's so important. It's not a good thing to do. It's the only thing to do. It's the best thing to do. To be right with God. To be right in Christ. Because then, what happens? We become alive. It's like the prodigal son we come back home. Any of you had a chance in the news to hear about the, the guy with the golden voice, the homeless guy? Pretty amazing story. Cameraman drives up on a street corner and he's got a little sign and we see it all the time. And he says on the sign, I have a golden voice given by God. And so the guy's filming this, ask him a few questions and the whole thing just snowballs. The most intense thing is this past week he got reunited with his mother. After ten years. And supposedly the guy's life is coming back together again. We'll see. We hope. But the reunion was intense. Because the mom wasn't sure if he was alive. She thought her son was dead. He wasn't sure if his mom was alive. 92 years old, I think she is. And just the embrace, the tears. My son is home. And she said it, my prodigal son. It was intense. The tears, the embrace. You know, that's where God's at with some of us today. He doesn't know whether you're even alive anymore. And He wants you back, just like the mother wanted her son back. And the joy and the elation that comes from that reunion. You know, today we're going to have the privilege of watching a reunion. In fact, two reunions. Two children of God that are coming home. And they're going to be transformed. But you know, the world puts different value systems on us. What we're worth. And God here defines His value system. Because of God's great love, rich in mercy, He made us alive in Christ. And it says here, we were saved by grace. Any of you guys know what this is up here? It's called the Masterpiece. It's the Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci. It's a masterpiece. Anybody know what a masterpiece is? Why it's called a masterpiece? It's the greatest work of art, a lifetime achievement of an artist. It's his best. It's the best that he has to offer. And this is Leonardo da Vinci. This is his best work of art of his lifetime. After all was said and done, this is his life's work. His masterpiece. You know how much this thing is estimated to be worth? This little framed painting. Any idea? Five hundred million dollars. That's priceless. That's pretty. But some estimates say, yeah, no, that five hundred million. That's that's way low. It's actually priceless. For people that appreciate art. But I want to direct your attention here back to the verse here in chapter 2, verse 10. It says here, for we are God's workmanship. That word workmanship. In the Greek it's pronounced poima. You know what the literal translation of poima is? masterpiece masterpiece you want to know what you are in God's sight let me read something to you a masterpiece is a person's greatest piece of work that creation which over time is acclaimed by his peers and the artists or craftsman's very best work however When we're talking about God's masterpiece, it's not something that can be framed, performed, or displayed, or put on a pedestal. God's creation is all around us. You think God's an artist? Oh, man, is He an artist. In fact, artists, all they really do are they're just mimicking what God already created. What he shaped. I remember for me that one of the most breathtaking scenes that I've ever had is standing in the basin of the Yosemite, the, the dome. And you're standing there in the basin, and it was a springtime, and the, the, the waterfalls were in full flow on all sides. And in the deep back, you saw the snow capped peak, blue skies with puffy white clouds, breathtaking. I I was moved. I was stirred. I said, I don't know that I've ever seen anything so beautiful in my whole life in one shot. And I've seen a lot. It was blow away. And I, I just couldn't help it. On the spot, I praised God. I said, God, you are awesome. Look at this. I don't have words for this. This is amazing. Let's leave Earth. Let's go out into the universe. Ever Googled and logged on to the the, uh, the telescope that we have, the Hubble telescope? Some of the images that have been shot back to Earth from the Hubble telescope. You want to talk about artistry? Some of the things that are out there, some of the sights, the the galaxies. It is amazing. God is the artist of all artists. And he's got some masterpieces all over the place. But you know, after looking at all that, look at what it says here. God, God's creation is all around us, above us and beneath us. It's both physical and spiritual, temporal and eternal. How can we ever determine which is his greatest piece of work? His masterpiece. Where should I even begin? If it's a mountain range, a waterfall, a rainforest, a flower, a precious gem, or a mineral, sunset in the northern lights, could it be one of the countless heavenly bodies he has flung into the endless space? Could it be in heaven one of the angels or the heavenly beings which worship him continually? No, none of these are his greatest work. Guess who's his greatest work? You are. If you are in Christ Jesus. I want us to watch a video now. It's a struggle for us. And you know, that's great. We get to go to church and watch movies. Isn't that cool? But in this theme of accepting what this Scripture is saying, it's a struggle for us. Because we don't see ourselves in this light. Let's lower the lights and watch the video. Ephesians
1: two ten says that we are God's workmanship, that we're in essence his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know. I mean maybe a, a Picasso, you know. But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah,
2: you just said the person, here I
1: am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if
2: you're God, then make it snow in here. You know if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what
1: does Lamentations 15:9 say?
2: Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah.
1: Now, if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year?
2: You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? Get it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay? Okay? All right. Hey, um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. All right? Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh. speaking of that, did you
1: chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it I mean the other went away but this I mean I've tried exercising I've watched what I ate I even did Pilates for a while that was
2: awkward but if you can chisel right, I mean right can I talk or can I chisel talk chisel talk chisel No, no 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 chisel, no, chisel. alright most of my children just like to talk not me
0: bring on the chisel
2: here we go alright you have a lot of anger ow some pride ow compare yourself to others instead of me Ow. You're lazy But you pretend like you're really, really busy You have a problem with lust Okay, time out I do not have a problem with lust You don't have a problem with lust No,
1: I can do it any time I want Okay Wait, wait, wait um, maybe, maybe we can take a little time out I mean,
2: I think I'm doing pretty good You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror Who do you see? I see me Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go.
1: <sighs> okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me. You know, I mean, even my
2: friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're
1: holier than thou. Why would you do that?
2: You know, I mean. So what just... you're doing right now is you rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say That's that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little timeout. and we'll come back to right? it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control. No, no, no chisel. chisel. Here we go. No, can we chisel where I want that? It's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? This hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And expecting different results, and there are the things in your life you even think back to high school that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work.
1: No, no, no. okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe I mean, we, we can. Could... on my thoughts. Oh, okay, but if we went another way, you're we ways can... are not
2: my way. Okay, well, look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, God, I've let you down so many times. No. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up.
1: away, alright just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there because I know who's inside there because God I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and it is this this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult but I can't so just be prepared for what you're going to find in
2: You have listened to so many voices for far too long that aren't of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. God. Yes? Yes?
1: I've just seen God, I'll do that right
2: now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It's it's a name, it's a saying. It's It's more than a name, it's more than a saying, it's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name, reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is
1: a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger
2: how do you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I'm married. Her. I was there. Oh, oh, yeah. Dear God,
1: today, I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible. But I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to
2: make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold... Don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison. But look at this as a a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look up there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. The way you see yourself or you, you're you in so much brothers to see you. But the way I see you.
1: Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece.
0: So, uh, do you believe it? It's a struggle. If you believe it, how will you walk around? What will it do to the way you live your life? How will it change your confidence? Your security when things are hard. And I showed you the Mona Lisa. Leonardo da Vinci never finished that work. It's an incomplete work. God's not finished with you. There's still more more work to be done on you. And His goal this year, every year of your life until the end of your life, He has a goal in mind. He wants you, as you saw, to be formed and made into the image of Christ. He's got some chiseling to do this year. Are you going to allow it? Are you going to let Him do that? That is your best and most important decision you can make this year is, okay, God, Chisel away. change my life into what you want it to be. And as we talked about last year, we get fearful of change. But remember, all those things that God is trying to take away and remove from our lives are the things that hurt us the most. They hurt our families. They hurt our marriages. They hurt our friendships. And most of all, they hurt God. So as we take the communion today, I want you to be reminded of the price that was paid. What Jesus did for you so that you could be his original, best work, his masterpiece. Let's pray.